Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Siobhan. Uh, my co-host, AKA Snot Girl. AKA Snot Girl, that's me. Um, and uh, my co-host name is Levens. AKA Snot Boy. <laughs> and every week we read a giant list of comic books and let you know which are the ones um, that you should be reading. And you can find all the comics that we talk about on this snotty podcast today at the snottiest comic book store in Sydney, King's Comics, which is 310 Pitt Street I don't think we are the snottiest comic book store. snottykingscomics.com. This week in comics, uh, Hellblazer began, Snot Girl began, Velvet ended, Joyride ended, and I don't know, we got the middle of all new Wolverine. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, we also read... Uh, I think we hit 40 comics again this week. It was a big week. Um, And we're already recording, so no time to count them. Uh, Let's just take our word from it. We we read 40 comics this week. Um, We're going to dive straight into things and uh, review all the new number ones that came out this week. Sorry this episode's a little bit late. Uh, I was up in in country, country New South Wales with my grandparents, and uh, unless you wanted an hour about, I don't know, uh, what was it, Ginger Megs? Oh, yeah. We could do a Ginger Megs special. (laughs) I could talk about Ginger Banks for an hour. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're recording a little bit late, but uh, we've, got, we've got this week's comics and last week's comics in front of us, so hopefully we won't get confused. Mm. First things first is the uh, regular segment in which we review all of the new number ones that came out this week, and we'll start off with uh, three new DC comics, two Rebirth issues and one regular number one. Uh, first things first, Hellblazer, Let's the Hellblazer. Let's jump in. By um, Simon Oliver and art by Moritat. Um, it's a good name. Yeah, it's a great game. Is his first name Mori and his last name Tat? I hope so. Uh, that that name is much better than this comic. Uh, and I am a huge Hellblazer and John Constantine fan. Uh, I, I, uh, on my Bucks party, um, before I got married, uh, it was like a three-day f- affair, quite a bender. We all went away on, on, a, on, a, on a property up, up north. And mm-hmm. um, on the last day, uh, I checked my phone and Comixology were doing a, a sale on the Hellblazer series, every single issue of that 300-issue uh, series was $1. Wow. And in my hungover stupor, I was like, that's a great deal. <laughs> and so I spent $300 on, um, on Hellblazer comics on the last Amazing. day of my Bucks party. You know how to live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've, I've read all 300 of them, and uh, that was originally published through Vertigo. I would say that, I, that is probably one of them. It should be the most celebrated title at Vertigo because it was you know, so long-running mm. and it had so many different creators that you really associate with, with ver- the Vertigo imprint, like everyone from Grant Morrison, 
um, obviously Neil Gaiman, uh, and then through it like more recent Vertigo creators like Jason Aaron, mm. um, Peter Milligan, they all had their crack. Like so many different incredible Mike Carey uh, and, and artists too. Um, even um, Brian Azzarello wrote a, wrote a really strange run on Hellblazer mm. for a while. Um, but I just think it was it, it, he's a character that you can interpret in so many different ways and everyone tries to add their bit but ever since they took him out of the vertigo universe uh dc has kind of struggled to make him uh be as memorable and as 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 not good of a character as he was when he was in the no holds barred vertigo universe yeah i mean i think that there's definitely an issue with a character who's you know whose deal is he swears a lot and he Mm. drinks and he's not very morally upstanding um when you can't swear in a comic it's i I know this seems so so lame but it's so important that Constantine swears it really is and even though he doesn't swear that that much he says shit in, the, mm. in, in his first 40 issues but they change it as soon as Garth Ennis comes along he starts <laughs> saying fuck um, but uh, I, I don't know it's just so important to the character that he has a filthy mouth and, and, and just kind of especially you know calling because there is small ties to the DC universe in, in the mm. Vertigo series and he says all manner of horrible things to uh, everyone from like a you know, Swamp Thing to... Um, who's the equivalent of the Watcher in the DC Universe? The uh, Cosmic... The Phantom Stranger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't don't write it in if he's not actually the equivalent of, uh, of the Watcher. I don't care. <laughs> he lives in space and he's weird. Yeah. Phantom Stranger. He probably doesn't live in space anymore. I'm very sorry. <laughs> he's got a hat. Watcher's yeah. got a big head. What more do you want? Um, so, Hellblazer Rebirth. This is written again by Simon Oliver and art by Morris Hat. Um, this is an attempt to kind of make him, you know, start from the ground up again. Um, all of the New 52 stories, I think, were set in in America. He was all in America doing all mm-hmm. kinds of adventures. And the big news with this issue is that he's, he's gone back to his hometown of London. Um, this issue deals with that uh, a demon put a curse on, on Constantine the last time he left London. And this kind of, this rebirth issue is about him returning there, reuniting with old friends as he starts uh, suffering at the hands of the curse and then trying to undo the curse on the demon. Um, that kind of sounds like, you know, pretty pretty good Hellblaze affair. But, but it just it's just not. Well, I mean, I've read stories where he does similar things that were infinitely better than this. Mm. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's a risky ground when you try and retread material that is so beloved from a character and Absolutely. then don't do something new or exciting or even like faithful to what originally happened uh i just I, found this i think this story just kind of a mess and it made me just not i was excited to start reading hellblazer again because i think constantine is such a great character mm. not just because he swears but okay just because he swears um, but magic stuff is great and magic stuff works really well in the dc universe and he's a character that could work within the mainstream dc universe and well magic is the best when you when you know it really really illustrates that there is a price to pay when you Absolutely. dabble in the black arts and no comic has done that better then Hellblazer, like, you know, he kind of rarely succeeds. Mm. And if he does, it's at such huge cost to everyone that's close to him. And that kind of is so, that's more important to Hellblazer than than the swearing. Um, (laughs) And I just found this, like, weirdly, I don't know. I think part of the problem is that the voice is not there. Mm. Like, it's not a compelling or interesting or believable Constantine voice. But even, like, the, the England of that they're cho- choosing to represent the version of London. I mean, it's a guy walking around with a bowler hat and a man, you know, doffing his cap to him and saying "Morning, Gov" at yeah. the end. Like, I mean, for Christ's sakes, it's yeah. If you're if you're setting it now, set it now, not in some fictional yeah 
London from 50 years ago. Um, I highly recommend the um, the early um, run of Hellblazer um, because I know it's 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 such a farce to say like you know oh you know the best character in this book or story is the city that it's in, but um, it was so important to have mm. a, have a, have a, such a massive mainstream comic or you know main, Vertigo mm. mainstream be set in London, and, and it was so so what was, what's his name Jamie. Jamie something. He was the original writer on, on, on the Hellblazer, the first 40 issues or so. And it just kind of, it was a very, very British comic right up mm. until Azarello took it over for a few issues and that went back to Warren Ellis. Like, like I said, fucking everybody that mm. you associate with, with, um, with Vertigo had a crack at, um, and big British Hellblazer writers. Yeah. Huge British writers. But yeah, this, uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I just, I don't think, I think the problem is like, this is, this is a Hellblazer comic with not just Swamp Thing in it. Like I, I get that they have ties, so it makes sense for him to be around, but Fucking Wonder Woman's in this, and yeah. who else? Shazam! Why yeah. is Shazam in a Hellblazer comic? Yeah, I just I don't see the need for, like, yeah, he can exist in the same universe, but or maybe if if, if you really want to have Constantine in the DC universe, give him a Vertigo series too that has completely separate from it. Like he's strong, he's a strong enough character to have two different, completely different stories going at the same time. I just want a filthy, mm. really dark Hellblazer comic back in my life, and that's really experimental and. And, you know, with different creators jumping on every 40 issues or so. I just, this is just a, a bummer to read. Yeah. And, like, I am i haven't read much Hellblazer, if any, I don't think. Sure. Um, and I have to say, like, this did not make me want to read more. Mm. It, like, it, I probably now want to go and read the original stuff. And definitely I'd love to see, you know, someone like Grant Morrison do something really cool and exciting with that character and with that concept. And I think you can find a lot of value in that. But, he, yeah, he, this, he, this he, doesn't. He only did like a, I think two issues in, in the entire 300 runs, uh-huh. 300 issues. I'm going to read those. Gar- Garth Ennis has done, in, in the, the, his first arc with in Hellblazer is um, is Constantine outsmarting a demon out of mm. not only like a curse, but also like Constantine has cancer. Oh, and yeah. It, it, it's, it's incredible. It's mm. such a great testament to the kind of manipulative, cunning character traits of, of Constantine. He's a great character. I want him to be great again. Hashtag make, make. Hellblazer great again. <laughs> and unfortunately, Simon Oliver did not do it. But that said, it's a rebirth issue. It kind of doesn't mean shit. Yeah. I'm going to give it one more chance with the issue number one. But this Agreed. was not a good start. We got another rebirth issue this week was uh, Batgirl Birds of Prey, which is a title that is probably more fond uh, in Siobhan's world than, uh, than in mine. Love a good bird. Love a good prey. <laughs> Do you pray to birds? <laughs> yes. Um, I got very excited when I saw Yannick Peckett again show up um, doing the cover art on this one, but unfortunately, interiors are not by him, but that's no slouch on... Uh, by Claire Rowe. Claire Rowe. Does uh, some nice nice work, I, I think. Re- I really enjoyed this art. It was, qu- it was very um, reminiscent of the Batgirl stuff that we saw last mm-hmm. year. Um, what was her name? Uh, Babstar. Babstar. Um, but, and um, very... Um, her own slant on it. Good, good movement and good action, I think, in these as well. All right. So you liked this. Please tell me what you liked about it so I can I, we can have a little break before I complain about it. <laughs> I did like it. I think that um, – so this is written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, who I assume are sisters, and who I think are TV writers, if I'm not wrong. Yes, they write the 100. Okay, cool. Um, this is mostly like a recap issue. So if you know Babs's origin story, if you know the sort of new version of Helena Bertinelli, if you know um, – Black Canary. It's not teaching you anything new. But the thing that I really liked in this was that they gave each character has a really distinct voice, you know. And I, I that was probably the thing that I found most appealing. Sure, definitely. I um, think that it shows that they have a really good grasp on who the characters are, and I'm excited to see what they then do with them. So I think I, I thought this was a solid um, 
rebirth issue in that I already knew all this stuff, but I still I was still compelled and I still read it all and I thought it was cool. Sure. I'm really weary of first-person narration in these rebirth issues. Everything oh, yeah. is like, my name is this person and this is why I do this. <laughs> and here is everything that's happened in my life until now. But now that's going to change yeah. <laughs> and here's why. Um, that's fair. I just find it like a, a crutch and it's very, very heavy in this. And also, I... Stop! Stop telling! Stop showing us the killing joke. Uh, I know, I know, but they've just like they've just decided that that is that is canon. Yeah, that is part of the whole deal. We just all have to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, the thing is, that this book could be absolute trash, and it wouldn't even be the worst thing that happened to Batgirl in the last week. I know, right? <laughs> but how cool is how cool is Huntress in this? I really like this version of Huntress. I haven't read that much. Sure, of no, her I, I, like, I like this version of everyone in here. I think yeah. I just the 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 tropes of a, of a rebirth issue were were very stark in this. Yeah, and um. Yeah, the recappiness and the first-person narration really, really irked me. But um, yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I love seeing Huntress together. I, think, you know, I love seeing two purple costumes in the same room. Yep. And it looks like that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to get. And um, I like this iteration of um, Black Canary a lot more than the one that we see in Green Arrow. Yeah, totally. She's so cool. I think that I just have a bit of like, I just think I think Huntress is really cool. And I think she Black is Canary really cool. is really cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, who do you think uh, that is at the very end saying uh, that, that that's been taken that's taken over the oracle? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's some clues because it looks like she's a nerd because she's eating pocky, right? And there's a little statue, like a little cute guy. So I feel like it can't be. I don't know. I feel like it can't be a bad guy, to be honest. Right. Okay. Sure. I reckon that's going to end up being like a good guy oracle. Okay. Cool. Um, highly recommend. If I mean, it's kind of spoiled now. But if you ever get a chance to go back and read John Ostrander's Suicide Squad run, mm-hmm. very timely given that the movie comes out next week, mm-hmm. the original um, run in which he introduces the concept of Suicide Squad and all the characters that we've come to love um, and come to be scared of as they uh, get introduced in the movies for the first time next week. Uh, but um, they, they, John Ostrander was also, and his wife was also, they were responsible for um, back for, for Barbara Gordon becoming. Oracle. Yeah, which and a lot of people think happens like in The Killing Joke. No. And I think a lot of people will think does happen in The Killing Joke because of the animated movie that is coming out soon. But all, like, it's really cool because all of a sudden, like, you know, 20 something issues in, um, they start getting contacted by an Oracle who starts giving them tips and you mm. don't know who it is for, for like a, quite a while. And then it's finally revealed that, it, that it's Barbara Gordon. Mm. I just think that was such an awesome thing to do with that character because she just was, she was literally like sitting in the background of shots with Officer Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, mm. un- until that point. Yeah, and I think like I, I am still very firmly in the camp that I wish, I wish she kind of still was Oracle. I think that there's other people who could do Batgirl, but Babs is the only Oracle. Yeah, we've seen several Batgirls. Yeah, like in- just bring Cassandra Cain into Birds of Prey and have. Babs be Oracle again for fuck's sake. Yeah, and she, um, and she can do it like while walking. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like yeah. she could still do that, and it's she's still cooler like that. Um, also, if you're if you like the concept of Birds of Prey, I very highly recommend checking out um, uh, Gail Simone's yeah. run, especially the stuff that she did with Nicola Scott. So good, some of my favorite. Yeah, real good run. Even Chuck Dixon's original run on Birds yeah. of Prey is really fun. Chuck Dixon was the best. Sorry, uh, there's random beeps. Random beeps. The, the computer agreed with us. Loves Chuck <laughs> Dixon. Um, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to be sticking with this, um, at least for the first arc, because I, I love the characters and I want to give uh, these two new creators or comic book creators a, a chance. Mm, absolutely. Um, I mean, they, they paid off well with Captain Marvel and, and unfortunately the, uh, the two mm-hmm. writers from uh, the Peggy Carter um, series aren't staying on, but hopefully they'll pop up somewhere else. Hopefully DC get them. That'd be good. Yeah, that would be good. TV writers often do make good comics. Agreed. Um, one last DC number one came out this week, and that was a Justice League number one, mm. written by Brian Hitch mm-hmm. and drawn by Tony Daniel. 
two older um, creators that you could say a bit past their heyday. Um, yeah, I I think I think this is probably the the thing I've liked that Tony Daniels drawn the most, mostly because I think he draws a nice Wonder Woman. Right, I really loved that C three PO one shot. Oh yeah, drew. that was good. It was really really like loopy, whereas this feels a lot bit more photo referency. Yeah. Um, the art. I mean, you can't really complain about the art except the fact that he draws maybe a bit too much butt on Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I mean. yeah, you're gonna get that sometimes, aren't you? Um, I mean, that's not really a complaint, but it is a. It's a. It's a. It's, it's a just point. A, a point. Yeah. Blah. Yeah. Uh, Story wise, this was just did nothing for me. I know. I mean, like, just the most... weak on everything. Like, by the numbers, team-up book of all time. And does every... Like, does the first threat that they face have to be, like, some ludicrous, the whole world is collapsing thing? Because it's just... Yeah. Like, where do you go from there? How wh- do you keep building? And like, how are other stories going on in the DC universe while this is happening? Absolutely, absolutely. You really write yourself into a corner. Like, how is the all the shit with the Red Lanterns happening at the same time as this? Like, yeah. it's just very silly. I was I was stoked to see that, like, you know, the first person we see in this is, is uh, you know, Wonder Woman kind of mm. jump in the frame and, you know, smash a bunch of tanks around. I thought that was cool. And I was like, oh, what's going to go on here? But then it just, yeah, it just kind of... Yeah, and I don't like, I don't like the voice of Diana as just like, I feel like, she can be written really dry and like, I am an Amazon. Lifeless, I am yeah, here yeah. to teach you about Robotic. war. And you're just like, oh, she's not red tornado up. guys. Yeah. Bring yes, red tornado in. <laughs> I love red tornado. Um, but the worst, the worst thing in this book is the, is the, uh, and I'm going to complain about them later in the episode too, the inclusion of uh, the green lanterns, mm. Jessica Cruz mm. and Simon Baz. Mm. Uh, every time that they are introduced, they just give so much backstory about why they're here. I know how much they have to prove. It's like reading a um, it's just constant exposition. It's like the the um the thought bubbles of exhibition exposition that you get in um like uh, Chris Claremont's X Men run. I can't stand those comics, mm. even though they're so beloved. Like mm. I, I, like I, that entire Jean Grey run, she just every single like, like panel, it's like she tells her entire life story and everything that that needs to change from this point forward and the decisions yeah, totally. that, that weigh in. And every time we see the Green Lanterns appear in a comic book, including their own one they just like let you know everything that's happened to them up until this point and blah blah blah, blah. I just, it's it, they've, they've become really really boring and awful characters to me and i've only read like four comics starring them yeah i agree i think um i mean my favorite justice league comics of all time are probably grant morrison's run on jla and I, I, even, think- I love jeff john's like justice league stuff that he did before new 52 Oh yeah, the pre fifty two stuff was good. He, he balanced like all his characters really well, but I mean, you compare this to to when New Fifty Two started. The Justice mm. League title was actually pretty fun for the yeah. first five issues, and this this does not do anything of, no. that, of that caliber. And you just like, I just wish the threat was something more interesting. You know, like the DC universe is so huge and weird, and there's so much that you could do with that, and just to be like, oh, it's some zombies attacking <laughs> attacking the world again. Yeah. Just yeah. boring. And give it, give us something that might be actually a good thing. I love it when, like, they, they, they all band together to fight something, and then it turns out to be, like, a misunderstood thing, and then he's mm. he's part of the team. <laughs> yeah, do that. That's, that's, a, that's a great first arc to, it, a to a Justice League story. The yeah. one moment I liked in this, and it's, like, one panel, is... Um, you know, because Wonder Woman is fighting on her own for some reason, and there's a just one panel where a bunch of zombies come and they're like, you know, 
less than a foot away from her face and she's just staring them down. And that I thought was cool and that was my favourite bit in the whole comic. I thought it was really crazy in this um, issue of, of Justice League starring Wonder Woman when Wonder Woman got, got really hungry and turned into a... <laughs> turned into Doomsday and then ate a Snickers and then she was back. Why did that happen every week? Every it's issue just, of DC? Yeah. It's yeah. really weird. The it's ride, a really they weird need to get new writers. <laughs> um... What else should we talk about? Let's move on to uh, to a comic we were very excited about, so much so that I said "snot" a bunch of times in the intro to this to this episode. "Snot Girl" number one by Brian Lee O'Malley of uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Seconds Fame, and Leslie Hung on art. Um, I fucking loved this. I fucking loved it. Oh my goodness. Um, and I, I, this is definitely a comic that is not for everyone. Like if you've if mm-hmm. you've been irritated by. A, a Brian Lee O'Malley character before you will be extremely <laughs> irritated by these comics. Yeah, but I've kind of come to enjoy the fact that you know, even throughout the an entire run of, of of a story that he does, you might find a main or secondary character completely unlikable. Mm, um, absolutely, I think that like Scott from Scott Pilgrim was like largely unlikable throughout the entire series, and I think that um, I forget who the main character in Seconds is. But that secondy, yeah, her whole what, secondy, her, whatever her name is, um, like she also her whole character arc is going from being like selfish and unlikable, and then yeah, not doing that anymore. Totally, and and, and he loves you know you you give the character a little bit of a redeeming moment, and then you just plummet them down yeah. even lower than they've ever been before. He's great at that, and like, mm. but still making them weirdly human and relatable, and yeah, and just watchable. Yeah, and um, look, I'm certainly not an Instagram fashion blogger. Um, I might sound like what? I am, but I don't know. You look like you are. Look the part. Um, but that is exactly who, who uh, is it? Lottie, um, yep. the main character. She is a uh, like a, an Instagram fas- fashion Instagrammer, fashion blogger, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she has a, a group of uh, colleagues who are mm-hmm. who are in the same ilk as her that she can't stand and gives awful nicknames to, and. Um, as well, you know, it's it's a lot about you know what you let people see versus what you really are. So she suffers. The main part of this is that she suffers from allergies, but she also suffers from huge image problems mm-hmm. and and self esteem problems and the inability to you know to be in social situations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wouldn't know that to you know see the many selfies that she puts up every day on her Instagram in different outfits and weird locations, that kind of thing. Um, we see her introduced to someone. That she sees is unbelievably cool. She mm-hmm. nicknames her "Cool Girl," and um, this the end of this issue sees the "Cool Girl" nickname her "Snot Girl" after um, she bursts in on Lottie on the toilet, um, taking her allergy, med- dropping her allergy pills all over the ground and covered in snot. And then something terrible happens. Something terrible happens. Um, um, yeah, I mean, just such a fun, such a fun first issue. The art's so 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 nice i'm so excited that he worked with leslie hung on this because i think her work's amazing and the colors are beautiful is she don't worry about having to look it up if you don't know off the top of your head but what's she done in the past um well i actually think that she's a bit of a newbie because i've been following her on instagram for a while because her art's really really pretty but i don't think she's actually had anything published before right um and i think they're just friends and he great it's amazing you also get one page of a original brian leo mally drawn strip at the end about Mm -hmm. his own allergies which is very amusing and I just I think that this is just a very different book that Image is putting out. Yeah. This is almost like you know a boom or, or, or Oni Press who put out mm. Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it reminds me more than anything. It really does remind me of a manga. You know, like it yeah. really makes me think of things like Paradise Kiss, which are all about fashion. Um, and I feel like there's like even the way that she she talks and expresses herself and the fact that she gives everyone cute nicknames. It feels very sort of sometimes cute, mangry. sometimes very mean, sometimes mean. Um, <laughs> And, I mean, they've described it as, um, 
Sex and the City meets American Psycho, which I think is a really wow. fun and apt um, description. But yeah, I, I loved it. I love this so much. I really recommend everyone read it if it yeah. sounds like your sort of thing. Because I, I accept it won't be everyone's thing. Yeah, but I think give it a chance. You might be surprised. Yeah. yeah I think this is definitely going to be like one of our more beloved books at the end of the year. Absolutely. And very excited to read a, a, a Brian Lee O'Malley monthly. Yeah. I wouldn't, I've never had that in my life. Before. I'm excited to see if he can keep it up. <laughs> um, Image put out another book this week um, called The Hunt, written by a creative team that I am not familiar with, Colin Lorimer. And um, he, he wrote and drew it in colors by Joanna Lofuente. Um, this was a uh, set in Ireland mm-hmm. um, and is uh, about a, uh, a girl who can see like angels of death, mm. specters, that kind of thing. Something like that. Um, her dad goes missing or something, and I don't know. It's uh, how much like does her grandma look like Judy Dench though? Yes, um, <laughs> she can see visions of people before they die. Is that she sees like all that, kinds yeah. of different weird visions? And she's a you know poor, poor teenager not fitting in at school. Everyone um, thinks she's crazy because she is. Yeah, um, this is a pretty angsty book and not something that I enjoyed reading too much. I, I quite enjoyed the first issue. I think that I got a bit overexcited, to be honest, because I realized when I was about eight comics in that I'd only read female-led titles. Oh, cool. And I was like, holy good. shit, I don't know if that's ever happened to me before. Um, and I liked that they were all things on the top of my pile or things that I was super excited about. Um, and so I quite liked this. I mean, it wasn't anything super special, but I'm intrigued enough to see where it goes. I liked the art. I think it's quite um, interesting. It's a voice we don't hear super often. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a bit overly dark and uh, like a, a, to the point of like that I was a bit bored by it. Mm, yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't blow my mind or anything, but I'll give it, I'll give it another couple of issues. I do like reading the word feck. Yeah. <laughs> my mum used to think that that was oh, like... <laughs> My mum always let us say feck when we were growing up because she was like, no, you're Irish. Like, it's a heritage. It's Amazing. fine. So good. Yeah, classic mum. <laughs> um, over at Boom, um, we got a new comic by Justin Jordan, who I've previously uh, ranted about how much I like him on Luther Strode. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done various other little he- things here and there, uh, Marvel and DC and, and, and Image since. Um, this is uh, a four-parter um, that he's drawing with a Mexican artist called Raul Trevino. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Sombra, and it is about... A um, basically about the like Mexican ganglands and um, a um, an agent trying to infiltrate um, a gang and find her father who's gone undercover, but in doing so has become more feared than gang members themselves. Mm. Um, I liked this. Yeah, good. I did too. Um, I really enjoyed I, it. Justin Jordan is is always walks that line of doing things that maybe are a bit too grim mm. for my usual tastes, mm-hmm. but there's always so much character in his dialogue and characters that that keep me kind of uh mired to it yeah he absolutely did, he did a six six issue miniseries that the name escapes me um last year that was so over the top grim and bloody and and you know everyone met a grisly end but it was still really enjoyable from start to finish yeah and i'm not much of an ultra violence person and there were moments in this where i was like yeah I mean, like the mexican gang gang and drug drug war kind of stuff is a bit where the kid gonna... starts eating his own fingers was pretty gross yeah but the art is so nice. Like it, yeah. it reminds me of anger um, again for me. Well, I was gonna say it reminds me of something like Black Sad because it almost looks like it's um, like a beautiful Disney cartoon. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, this this has been one of the strong. Like I, I, when we started this, I was like, "Wow, Boom could do no no, no wrong this year," <laughs> and they've done so many so many series <laughs> that I haven't really enjoyed since I said that. But this uh, this is really really great stuff. Um, Justin Jordan's a great writer, and yeah, paired with a great artist. 
You are you trying to look up the, the, yeah, the, I was the thing look he did up last? What he did. Uh, it was called Dead Body Road. Over oh yeah, I couldn't read that. That was a bit, that was yeah. A bit grim. It was very fun, but it was it was pretty grim. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dark Horse put out a number one by one of our f- sometime favorite creators, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Lemire, this week um, with uh, art by Dean Ormston and uh, colors by Dave Stewart, and it was a joy to read. I loved this. Black Hammer, did you say Black the name? Hammer, I did, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, Black it's, Hammer it's called, it's called. a joy to read. Uh, <laughs> and uh, initially, it, it seems like it's the perfect um, comic for that for Lemire to actually draw himself. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was how we were introduced to him on his own independent titles. And then over at Vertigo with Sweet Tooth, mm-hmm. he drew and wrote all of his own comics. Um, he does less of that now, but that's because he writes like 10 comics a month. Yeah. Um, and uh, I felt like Dean Ormston's art was actually really, really well matched to his style. It's very... Um, there's sort of elements that are very reminiscent of Jeff Lemire's art i think yeah but with then, a bit more sort of Dark Horse, traditional like, structure or like something. almost like mike mignola I was yeah absolutely i think dave stewart and, brings those colors to it yeah um so this is about do you want, do you want to say what this one's about yeah well i mean this is sort of um about some i would say golden age era style superheroes who um are stuck in an alternate universe in the forms that they entered that universe that's that's how they're stuck and they've been there for 10 years just living on a farm living trying to live their lives out mm. Um, and it's so fun. It's so fun playing around with those sort of um, golden age tropes. There's like the alien of the team. There's a little girl who's actually a grown woman who is now stuck in the body of a small girl like and is in- girl, incredibly yeah. frustrated and stealing cigarettes and just trying to get a fucking drink and no one will serve her. <laughs> There's a wacky cosmic scientist and a robot, a dark, you know, a dark arts kind of figure. Um, I just, yeah, this was, this was so much fun and, you then have back on the world that they were originally from someone trying to find what happened to them. Mm. Um, I, I loved every every page of this, and I hope I, I, we were a bit burned by Plutona because we loved issue mm-hmm. one of that, and it ended up being a bit of a fizzle. But um, I really, really hope that this is going to be like Lemire's yeah glory glory run. This this title, it's, I mean, at the very least, it's an excellent number one, and you do get a bit of Lemire art at the end. Um, he uh, he gives you a little bit of a is it him? It looks like Lemire art, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not, but I love the I love the, the, um, origin the sort of, of Jack Kirby esque touches and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think that is Lemire. I think that is Ormston. I'm wrong. Mm. Um, yeah, this is an awesome book. Yeah, there were lots of really good number ones this week. And, um, absolutely. And I did I did actually get a look um, at a preview copy of issue two, and it's very very good. Mm. It's extremely good. I highly recommend. How do I get that? Hook me up. Be be a Valkyrie. <laughs> oh, yeah, the cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you should tell everyone what that is. I think it's really yeah, awesome. Yeah, so the Valkyries is a group. Um, if you haven't heard of them, of women who work in comic book stores because we're a force, people. Um, started <laughs> by Kate Leth, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's really cool because um, I think that it's time that sort of distributors and um, comic artists and writers they realize that women are a significant buying force in the industry, and if women in comic book stores can push things for you, um, we absolutely will. And I got to look at couple of issues of that I've, I've read an advanced copy of margaret atwood's new graphic novel um which is really really good and a lot of fun i'm really excited for that to come out and um, awesome. yeah issue two of black hammer is one so that cool. i got to have a look at it was great go valkyries yeah woo. Uh, um over at marvel <laughs> um i read a new number one called uh deadpool and the mercs for money mm. and uh Spoiler alert! I will not be reading issue two. <laughs> I mean, it's what it says on the tin. It's easy. I know. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting much from it. Written yeah. by Cullen Bunn, who I've previously said is just very, very competent at doing exactly what you think an issue is going to do. Yep. Um, art by uh, this one Coelho. Coelho, who I like. 
Yeah. Art, nice cartoon. Art's fantastic. Mm. Almost uh, reminiscent of Ed McGuinness. Yep. Who's doing um, stuff over at the Deadpool and Spider-Man series. Um, what's his name? Is it written over at the back? I hate it when they don't put it on the first page. Yeah. Iba, Iban Coelho. Coelho. Um, yeah, nailed mm. it. Um, this is uh, about Deadpool and his Mercs team. Or a bunch of weird, odd job mercenary guys. Three of whom are getting solo titles really soon. I, Bizarre. I, so this this book probably sold more than all of the other books that we've <laughs> talked about so far combined. Um, I got excited because um, this is about the mercenary team. They've got to track down and kidnap uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, great. They haven't really done much with her since the Deadpool movie came mm. out. But... They kind of wrap up her arc by the end of the issue, seemingly. Well, it and seems then, like it seems like she'll probably come yeah. back, but and that bit, will be yeah, an know, impact. Just, I don't know. I, I thought they, that, that they had an opportunity to give her more depth, but instead they just kind of... Has she always been able to flick it forward into the future and see what's about to happen? I don't know. I know nothing about that character, but no. her power set seems... Nebulous and cool. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, it looks like ne- their next target next month is Radioactive Man, so... Um, I don't. I, I, I mean, this this series. It's either going to be a really goofy kind of. Now we capture this bad guy. Now we mm. capture this bad guy, and but hopefully there's more of a kind of proper plot. Yeah, and I think I think if you like if you, if you like Deadpool, this is this is tons of Deadpool. Nobody likes Deadpool. No one likes his comics. Deadpool. Don't sell any. <laughs> um, I was happy to see Domino show up. Yeah, that was cool. I do like Domino. I like Domino. Um, yeah, cool. Deadpool and the Mercs of Money. If you like Deadpool, you'd probably love that. Yep. Um, I read a Garth Ennis comic this week. Did you mm-hmm. read this? Red I did. Team. Um, I think this is a sequel to another Red Team comic book. Oh, okay. Um, so there was that a, makes lo- a lot of, a lot of uh, assumed <laughs> knowledge, and I assume like like a love for these characters already because I did not gain any. And he gives them so much boring dialogue. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I feel like if I was a big fan of these characters, I'd be fine with it. But instead, I was like, oh, hurry up. Yeah, as an issue one, it wasn't. Um, but I mean, it was it was compelling enough. Like I like. I like that it's kind of just a straight crime detective book. That's fun, and I'll probably actually go and try and track down the first, yeah. um, the first story because I, I do quite enjoy this. And there's very little Garth Ennis signature grossness in mm. this book. So if uh, if you want to read a Garth Ennis book that isn't disgusting, go right ahead and read this one. Yeah, go for it. Cool. Next, uh, ooh, uh, Grant Morrison wrote a comic this week. Yay! Uh, oh shit, we haven't even talked about the most eventful number one for you. We'll leave that to the I end. Know. I figured I figured we were leading up. This one is out through Graphic India, which mm-hmm. I think is is an Indian yeah, publisher. I right? believe so. And I like if you look at the names of everyone working on this, um, the art is by Jeevan J. Kang, who is excellent. I really, really like the art. Um, they all seem like Indian names. I think it's an Indian company, and it seems like a very sort of Indian inspired sure story. So yeah, he write Grant Morrison writes eighteen days for this mm-hmm. imprint already. I've not read any of that, um, but I. I I did not really connect with this comic much, and I wondered if that, that was because it was called Avatar X mm. or Avatar X, Destroyer of Darkness. Yeah, um, and uh, I just I, I didn't connect with it, and I wasn't sure if this is maybe like calling on g- classic Indian literature or stories or mythology that I'm not familiar with, and therefore I didn't really get anything out of this. But I mean, basically, it's about a a god who rises to uh, to like you know be a be a destroyer mm-hmm. and um, is kind of questioned by a f- higher force who connects him to uh, a human. So that he learns a, how to be a, humble. As a tether, he like tethers him to a human, mm-hmm. I guess. And then, and then is taken on by a, a, a bigger force that tries to destroy him from the Hydra void. Mm. I really liked this. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. It's, it's one of Graham Morrison's sort of, 
I mean, the way it starts, I can appreciate that this is one of his less readable comics and it's not the most compelling thing he's ever done. And when he gets really like, I am the destroyer of worlds. I can be as small as a grain of sand and then as big as the universe and all that stuff's a little bit like, oh, right, Grant Morrison. Um, Yeah, I'm going to give this series another another issue just to see if they add a bit more meat to it. This is just a very long introduction to one character, which is not something that Grant Morrison really does very often. Normally in, you know... The comparative, like you know, his big, his big epic comics are a lot more wordy in that mm. regard. So they take a lot longer to read. Whereas I kind of flew through this, yeah, and then was like, oh, was that it by mm. the end? Um, yeah, I, he has written some really great car- um, comics starring Indian characters. Um, do you read Vinarama for no. um, for, for through Vertigo? I re- oh. highly recommend Vinarama. Mm. I'm pronouncing it correctly, but that was really, it's really really fun. I'll have to check about it out. a teenage Indian boy living in London, I think. Really mm. fun. Um, Finally, before we, before we end on uh, the most eventful number one of the week, which is mm-hmm. Betty and Veronica number one, um, I read. Did you read this? Sergio yeah, Aragonés grew. I love Sergio. So I love Sergio Aragonés, obviously, because I grew up reading Mad Com- Mad Magazine. Yeah. Um, he wrote drew wrote and drew majority of the spy versus spy stuff and countless lighter sides of. Um, and all of the um, what do they call it? All of the margins. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I yeah. Think what they call that. He also um, has drawn a couple of Simpsons comics, mm-hmm. and uh, his name pops up a lot. Gru is an ongoing series that he directs for Dark Horse, which I guess you would say is his Usagi Yojimbo. Yep. Um, written and drawn by him, Gru is a, a warrior that is not feared by everyone because he is ruthless. He is ruthless though, mm. but he's feared because he is an, an idiot yeah. who, who destroys <laughs> everything he touches. So it's a very goofy warrior comic. Um, I loved this. Yeah, it's so fun, and he's like he's just one. He's one of the all-time greatest cartoonists. He's, like it's every so great. every panel is so chock full of like little details and little side gags and little everything. Like that's his signature, um, and it's so it it really is funny. It's so well drawn too. It's just so well drawn. Beautiful cartooning, really lovely cut colored. Oh, there's a um, there's a one pager about his dog as a back cover too. Who's probably the best character, Ruffer too? Um, yeah, I this made me go, oh wow, this is. Cause he, have you got like those those big, huge titles like celebrated comics that mm. you're like, one day I'll read them. I have so many of like those. Cerebus? Like Hellblazer. Yeah, yeah, Cerebus. So, like, Cere- Cerebus or Cerebus? I Cere- Cere- it's probably Cerebus. It's yeah. probably definitely Cerebus. Um, <laughs> trust Siobhan no over me. In that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even pronounce. I, I do a podcast with Siobhan and I pronounce her name wrong every single week. <laughs> probably same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm now kind of. I didn't realize Gru was such a almost like a saga Yojimbo. You can mm. you can pick up any arc of that, and all you have to know is that he's a fucking yeah uh, rabbit samurai, and that's all you need to know. Just go through it, and, yeah. and it's it's a joy to read. Um, this is, I guess, similar in, in that that respect. It, it is a really really funny cartoon comic, but um, it also has a really nice little heart mm. message behind it. Absolutely, yeah, highly recommended. Really fun. Cool. Betty and Veronica, number one, the last issue that we'll talk about in First Things First this week. Written and illustrated by Adam Hughes, which is huge because I can't even remember the last thing that Adam Hughes did interiors on. Right, really? Um, It's been a while, surely. Mostly just does those pin-up style um, covers. Yep. Um, Loves drawing a superhero in a bikini. Loves it. Loves a bikini. Um, uh, Which is very clear in this issue. Yeah. this is a confusing comic in that it doesn't feel like thematically similar to either Chip Zdarsky's Jughead or mm. Mark Wade's Archie. Agreed. Which do feel very similar in tone. Definitely. Um, 
while having a very unique voice. Yeah. This one doesn't feel like a unique voice. No. It doesn't feel like it brings much new to the thing. It definitely feels like Adam Hughes is, is, is behind it. It definitely feels like Adam Hughes is a massive Betty and Veronica fan. That comes like that is the main thing that comes across for me. Um, I feel like this is the one that felt the most like a classic Archie comic to me in some of the sort of um, like the fact that it's narrated by Hot Dog is a fairly classic um, Archie trope, I guess. I love that he's in a, um, a, a, a like a tweed coat with yeah, a pipe with and the a fur person. The art in this is great. The art in this is great, but there's something very. I mean, we the panels are very very crowded, and part of that is because. It's an extremely wordy comic. Yeah, that's the biggest problem I had with this. Yeah, like it took a long it time took longer to read. Than it took to read that Grant Morrison comic to read the first four pages of this. And there's something, there is something quite odd to me because, like, there's a lot of slapstick in this, mm. um, which is very classic Archie thing and great and fine and excellent. Um, but it seems quite like because his style's so photorealistic, it looked quite odd to me at times. I. It's, yeah. col- it's coloured very weirdly. I, I, I would have loved weirdly. to see this black and white, to be honest. Mm. That would have been really cool. Um, the colours are very washed out for some reason. The biggest problem I have with this is uh, it's very old guy writing young guy dialogue. Yeah. Um, and we complain about that every week on this show. And yeah. uh, I, I thought that the editors of, uh, of all the Archie comics at the moment just knock it out of the park mm. when, when you know making sure that the writers maintain a really youthful energy and you know relevant slang yeah. While not being too, like, you know, like, <laughs> this, this will be a mess to read two years from now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some really, there were really moments, strange choices. Yeah, there was some, there was some really, there was some terrible dialogue, but there were also some jokes and gags that I thought were really funny and I thought worked really well. Um, he says, uh, Santa has little million, minions with mad crafting skills. Yeah, that that was that was the first moment where I went, oh no. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> oh, I should just close this comic and just look at the cover. Um, yeah, uh, the story is one that you've read a hundred times. Um, Pops is closing, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks like Veronica might be behind it. Uh, well, yeah. Veronica's family, obviously. A hunch. Like there are moments where I feel like he really understands like the Betty and Veronica dichotomy and he really understands each of those characters really well and can bring something to it. But it's just not, it's just not quite there. And like, I even, I, I wish he'd just gone and done a straight up pinup. Like I would, I would love a Adam Hughes, Betty and Veronica pinup. And that was always one of my favorite things about Archie comics when I was little was having like a, a cool little pinup and they had cool outfits. And even if they were in bikinis, they had cool bikinis. And yeah. like, you know, well, I was really It wasn't into necessarily it. sexualized. It was just, it's just no. two girls at a beach. Although it was occasionally sexualized. <laughs> but it was fun. It was like, it was cute and fun rather than skeezy, if that makes sense. Um, and you, even the pinup in this is sort of apologized for or like uh, snuck in I, there. I, I, that said, I enjoyed that joke. I actually thought that was, that, that, that was one of the few jokes in this that really landed for me. Although Gareth did say, because there's there's, in case you haven't read the issue, there's, there's two pages where. They sort of go, oh, I hot dog ate these pages. I ate the homework, so they're not here. But Gareth said, is that just because Adam Hughes is so slow and he didn't get around to those two pages? I, I think he's <laughs> almost joking on the fact that he's known for that too. I, yeah. I, 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 that, I, I thought those, that, those two pages were quite successful. Um, there, there are a few jokes in there. but And, and it also meant that it wasn't, you know, it, it was just reading a bunch of word balloons mm. instead of trying to cram them into different panels. And I thought it was more successful as, as a storytelling device than the actual comic. Um, also, didn't Pops, like, close 
in like the first issue of Jughead. Was it? Is it? Has it happened that recently or no? I, I feel like has, uh, hasn't one, hasn't Wade or Zadarsky already done the pops closing? Probably. Trait? Maybe not. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. Look, I didn't. I didn't hate this, but it doesn't. It feels like a step back for yeah. Archie overall. And I think the main problem is. I don't know who this book is for. Like, this book is for Adam Hughes fans, I guess. You said that. Yeah. Um, but it's not... It's definitely not an all-ages title. It's not, like, for adults. I don't... I guess it's supposed to be for teens, but I can't imagine teens being into this. You know? Like, it's just... It's it's very weird. Yeah. And, I mean, you're, you're a massive Betty and Veronica fan. And yeah. And kind of not for you either. So. Yeah. Like, it's it's weird to read a Betty and Veronica comic that doesn't appear to be from their perspective or even... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Very sympathetic towards them. It, it it's quite weird that it's so removed. Like, all the other ones have been... Like, the Archie comic is told from Archie's perspective. Jughead is told from Jughead's perspective. This mm. is narrated by a dog. <laughs> um, and, yeah. It's a, it's a very 50-year-old male version of what being a teenage girl is like. Um, there were 25 different variant covers for this issue. Which one did you pick? Did you take a few of them home, or...? Oh man, there were so many that I wanted. I, love I really Francesca loved Frank one. I loved the Bill Kiss, Bill Quiss, Everly, Everly, uh-huh. who I've never heard of before. Of them at the beach with the hundreds of surf words. Yeah, I really liked that one. I liked um, the Erica Henderson one, obviously, who I absolutely love. Um, Robert Hack one. Yeah, that was really cool. We're checking out. Let us know if you if you've picked up multiple. Uh, Multiple variants on this one because there were some really good ones mm. for sure. And in the back, they obviously put in a classic Dan DiCarlo Archie, which I feel like is just mean. Don't do that. Don't do that to someone <laughs> else. Like Dan DiCarlo is the greatest. And in the back, there's like such an awesome example of why his pinups were so good and so fun. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but I'm anyway, gonna. Yeah. I'll still read the arc. I mean, it's so good to look at. And well, when when it finishes in three years, you can let us know how it was <laughs> overall. 
That's it for First Things First, all of this week's first issues reviewed for you. Let us know which ones you're going to pick up by uh, emailing us at seriousissues at kingscomics.com or shoot us a message or a comment over at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash seriousissuespodcast. On to the rest of the show. We got a whole bunch of DC, a whole bunch of Marvel, a whole bunch of Image, and a whole bunch of independent stuff to uh, talk about. Let's start off by uh, it's still relatively new, so we can we can do a little rebirth recap, mm-hmm. starting with the good, and then onto the comics that I may drop extremely soon. Mm. The very good. I'm loving Tom King's Batman. Loving it. We got issue number three. I'm also loving the art by David Finch on this, which I just never thought I would say. It's classic. It feels yeah. just classic. It just feels good. Um, in this, it's revealed that uh, the two superheroes that are that have come to Batman's aid, Gotham and Gotham Girl, mm-hmm. um, are the children of uh, parents who had a similar encounter in Crime Alley that um, Thomas and Martha Wayne did. Mm-hmm. Only they didn't die; they were saved by Batman, mm-hmm. and in doing so, the young boy, their son, was inspired to become a superhero. Um, he was inspired by Batman and wanted to be good like him. And I loved that. Yeah. I thought I that was thought, really nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, this is kind of the kind of stuff that, you know, it kind of, it writes itself, but I, I could just read so many, you know, takes on that. Yeah. On like, that. I mean, that opening scene, I was a little bit like, we've definitely seen Batman saving, you know, a child from a similar situation to what he was in before, but Tom King manages to tell it so brilliantly. Like, I mean, the things that he says about, I mean, he really makes you feel Gotham when he says, like, oh, it smells like piss and smoke. You yeah, know, I totally. get that. I get what that's, you know, I understand what that smells like. And also, I think one of the most fun things was how we learn about their origin story is by Batman backing character is Matches Malone. Oh, my God. <laughs> going to, going you, to, you like... You know a comic is going to be good. When, when Matches, Malone, when shows Matches up. Malone shows up. There's it's a, one of my favorite things. There was a great issue of the more recent the one of the final issues of batman i mean it was like the third issue of the batman inc in the new 52 that grant mm. morrison did with um chris burnham um and the front cover was matches malone and i was like so yes fun, so fun such He's a the- fun character and i love it i love the idea of bruce wayne putting on like a little mustache and getting into character and oh, it's the a, best this, this is an awesome arc that i can't remember if it's rucker or rubeca it may have, may have or, or actually been paul dini but he but he kills off matches malone oh yeah i remember oh, that that's so good oh. No, 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 no. He oh, brings it back. Right, right, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's the best. So good. Oh, no, it's about it's about um, the identity, the original identity of Matches Malone. Right. Oh, yeah. That's an amazing story. I Matches Malone that. stories. Let us know which ones you like. <laughs> I like all of them. Um, yeah, like, I mean, we don't need to talk on, we don't need to, you know, blow smoke up Tom King's butt again this week. Um, although we could just make it a segment. Yeah, yeah. Um, How are we blowing smoke up Tom King's butt this week? Uh, this is just, it's, it's the Batman comic I want to read. Absolutely. And I'm so, so happy for it to be, yep. to be existing. Um, it goes without saying, the inks by Danny Mickey and especially the colors by Jordi Valera. Who just won the Eisner, obviously. Yep. Very deserved. We, we said that she should win it and she did. Uh, also, last uh, final page reveal um, is a, a DC villain that I was very happy to see. I know, same. Psycho Pirate. So fun, such a fun. What's what's, what's Tom King going to do with him? It's great, and it's and it's and it's the first time I've ever seen Hugo Strange and Psycho Pirate team up. Yeah, it's a team up that I did not know I wanted, but I'm very glad that it exists. And that is a sinister, big, smiley Hugo Strange. Plus, we have that tease from the, the Joker from last issue. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of threads going on in this series, and I'm I'm, I'm just desperate. I'm, I'm I'm so happy that it comes up almost every two weeks. Yeah, but I, I you know I was I could I could live with this being weekly. Yeah, absolutely agreed. It's so good. I feel like there's almost a. It feels a bit 
it feels less impact it coming out of DC comic coming out this often because it mm. kind of comes on the back of that um, those Batman and Robin series. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal, yeah, yeah, which yeah. came out every week? This feels similar to that because it comes out so frequently. Batman doesn't lose. I don't know. It just, it just feels like oh, we're not worthy of getting it this often. Yeah, it must be inferior in some way. I some hope of they these managed are, to maintain so. the standard. Well, they haven't. Well, I mean, Batman. Well, I mean, so Batman. Far. I mean, sure, because yeah. I feel like on Superman. Um, they did not manage that. To really? Be okay. Only because so we're, talking about, we're talking about Superman number three right now by uh, uh, Pete Tomasi, writing it with Patrick Gleason. Um, they worked on the writing and layouts together, and then drawn by um, Phil Jimenez. Which is why I think I felt the loss. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I know Phil, Phil Jimenez. Jimenez. It's not Phil. It's actually it's, it's a different Jimenez. God damn it! Show me this. Show me the artist writing here. George Jimenez. George Jimenez, and he's the guy who's going to be writing the Super Sons. Um, oh. title when it starts with uh, the team up between John um, John Kent and, and Damien Wayne. Wayne. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, yeah. Tell me what tell me what you didn't well, love about the, it. The main the main reason was I felt the loss of Patrick Gleason's art Definitely. very strongly. I thought it's still it's still strong, very yeah. strong art. But yeah, you're right. His Gleason is such just so excellent in his in his character. Um, Designs and in, in his just every, I mean, his draw, draw, layout and his, the, his explosions, so dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there was there was definitely some impressive stuff on here, but it, I think just it feeling different is all it takes yeah. for this to feel like a lesser um, comic. And but, there's been there's been a lot of animal killing in this book. Yes, I I, I, I thought that too, which was odd. Um, yeah, did Crypto die in this? I don't know. I hope he's not dead. Dead. He got eaten by the Eradicator. I think that means that the Eradicator is going to kind of. I don't know, but it, 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 this, this leads to John Kent becoming a, a, a Batman, a, a Superman, a, a little Superman with a, with a vengeance. Mm. I'm I'm just I'm really enjoying this story, so I, I, I didn't the the difference yeah. in art didn't annoy me too much. I think I I still enjoyed it. I yeah, just not as much, I guess. I and it. I didn't like the crypto being eradicated, and yeah, yeah. you know, John t- picking up his like crypto's cape. And I'm assuming he's going to start using Crypto's cape. That seems weird. To me. Oh, see, I love that. That's cute. Yeah. And I also like. I'm all for um, someone being influenced by the death of a pet instead of a death of a fucking girlfriend. Well, yeah, to, that to is better. <laughs> Take Crypto out of the refrigerator. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm still on board. I still really. I, I, I think DC, uh, Batman is really great. Yeah. And Superman is great. And yeah. I, I feel like that's a, that's a good foundation. Unfortunately, it does not carry through to their other titles. Mm. We got the third issues of Aquaman, Green Arrow, and Green Lanterns. Did you read all three of those? I sure did. Put them from best to worst. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, I actually don't know. Yeah. Probably. I actually don't know. I disliked them all. Yep, I'm in the same um, boat. Aquaman is like a boring political nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't care yeah, about I really, Black Manta. I don't care about him. It just annoys me, like him and Mira just like rocking up at the front of the White House and being like, mm, "We're here to see the president." Like that's, it, yeah. It just yeah, it, Aquaman kind of feels really dumb in this book. Yeah, he seems really like dumb and regal, and that's his entire personality, and that's all he has to offer. He's just like a bit dry, which is funny for a man who lives in water. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, the, we can talk about Green Arrow. Uh. Um, yeah, so you are you on board now? Yes, this, I am. Yeah, yeah. Art, the art it wasn't actually uh, it wasn't um, our man uh, Schmidt on on art this time. It was someone else, but I really enjoyed it. F- Fairy Yera, 
See, mm-hmm. I didn't like this as much. It looked like it was colored in pencil. <laughs> I like I like pencils, man. It's pen- pencils. I like I like the I like I like Schmidt more, but I like this too. But this um, is like this was an incredibly dense read, and I didn't understand a lot of it. And I feel like I know enough about Green Arrow that I should have been able to follow this issue. And that's been my complaint of since since the first issue that yeah. they just cram so much story into it, in each issue. You don't really get excited about any of the twists and turns. And I I'm I'm annoyed that they've given the Black Canary, Green Arrow relationship so little time to sort of get started. Like, already she's supposed to be one of the most important people in his life. Yeah. Like, that's very irritating to me. And the villain isn't compelling, and who cares if he's lost his money again, and, like, whatever. Yep. Green Arrow shouldn't... Green Arrow should not want money. That's true. That's his deal, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. All he needs is his bow, his arrow, and his goatee. Yeah, yeah! (laughs) Um, Finally, Green Lanterns... um, uh, have you seen? Look at the list of the creators on this. I know. It's a bit I mean, look, I, I get it. It's coming out a lot. You have to work with as many people as you can to, get, to make that more regular schedule. But it, you have it, one writer, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people doing hmm. uh, art, colors, and lettering. Um, I I almost read the first five pages of this, including the first page. In which, which starts again with my name is Simon Baz. I'm mm. a Green Lantern. Stop doing that every I issue. I know. I don't care. I know. I already know. I, I, it's the third <laughs> issue. I already know that. This, I, like I would much rather that it just be a recap page. Don't yeah. try and incorporate the recap page in like the dialogue. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's it why again. recap pages exist. Um, and uh, they're still dealing with the same problems that that, that they face. Um, like, and those are annoying. As like they face as Green Lanterns, but. Like, you know, like Jessica Cruz can't form things with her ring and Simon Baz is too headstrong and it's just, it's such a boring matchup. Yeah. And then it's still like more compelling than the actual bad, big bad, which is the Red Lanterns. Mm. I liked that he made one of them not a Red Lantern, but then it kind of became confusing as that progressed. But also I wish that they would stop expanding the Green Lantern power set because now Simon can turn red lanterns back to regular and that's fine and everything but why can't they just create constructs just yeah. let them create constructs and make, be space cops exactly make one of them uh construct a green baseball bat and the other one construct a beam green baseball glove yeah it writes itself it's- and you just beat beat bad guys with the baseball glove and then catch them with the glove you know you know what i'm trying to say yeah. here guys it writes itself we all get it um should we propose that we maybe drop all three of these i think i'm gonna have to i, I cannot read another issue of green lanterns and I feel really bad because I like Sam Humphreys a lot. I know. And I really want to like both of those characters. And I want to like the concept because I think it's solid. But it's just, it's not good. I'm going to drop, drop Green Lanterns. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely. going to drop Aquaman. I'm definitely dropping Aquaman. And are we gonna, I might stick Green Arrow out because yeah. I don't know why. I'm the same I think I'm even going to drop Green Arrow. That issue really annoyed me. Yeah, definitely. Um, one last DC comic was not a Rebirth issue. It was the 22nd and potentially the final issue of New Suicide Squad. Oh, a comic I didn't read that, that I have not read any of, but for whatever reason, this uh, piqued my interest. It a, it's a uh, kind of front cover of um, Harley Quinn as a baby and then as a teenager and then as um, Dr. Harleen Quinzel and then as Harley Quinn and wielding a big hammer, that which is the Joker's nose. Uh, mm. it's, this was an all... Um, all Harley Quinn issue of her basically as as Harley Quinn and as Harley and Quinzel trying to get in her own head and try and figure out what's wrong with her. Oh. Um, it was written by um, Sean Ryan and drawn by Ronan Cliquette. And the art is amazing. I'm going to show you a middle panel right now of uh, Harley Quinn riding a roller coaster which looks like 
the Joker's mouth. Amazing. And then as she continues on it, it becomes purple and mm-hmm. white and blue. It, it's uh, just such an incredible visual style. It's not really a re- really important story to read. It's very lots of you know fun little tricks and writing things that kind of you, you delve into Harley Quinn dressing as Harley Quinn when she's a t- when she's a girl and getting in trouble from her mum who looks surprisingly like Harleen Quinzel. Mm. So she's almost interrogating herself as her mum interrogates her in the past. Um, then you have like iterations of uh, all of the Suicide Squad's dolls fighting certain things. Amanda Waller is like a nutcracker. Um, <laughs> I just thought this was a really, really fun issue and, 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 and definitely a one-shot. You don't have to have read any of this current Suicide Squad run or plan to read any more from this to enjoy this comic. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Harley Quinn but not the overly wacky, mm. you know, DC's Deadpool take on Harley Quinn that's really popular at the moment, this was a really, really fun kind of tragic self-examination uh, story. Cool. Yeah. I'll check that out. You definitely should. Marvel. Hey. You guys think DC got um, gets too many complaints about them? Just wait. You wait for Marvel. <laughs> Should we talk about the complaining today? The Civil War tie-in issues first or last? Uh, I'll be positive about almost all the ones that weren't. Yeah, let's do the Civil War tie-ins first then. So we have three comics that came out this week that I read that were Civil War two tie-ins. They are three of my favorite Marvel com- com- comics ongoing. Mm-hmm. They are the Ultimates, All New Wolverine and Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. Three comics that I enjoy reading every time they come out. Hmm. Um, all three of them tied into Civil War Two in really, really boring ways. And the yeah. creative team, who were exceptional at their jobs, just fought as hard as they could to make this stupid event work within their ongoing story. And I want to give them props Absolutely. for doing so. But the trope of like, uh-oh... This fucking Ulysses guy saw you do some yeah. bad shit. Here comes Shield. You better do it. I don't know. I just yeah. real real boring stuff. Um, you have the Ultimates kind of having having a win for once after all the misery of Civil War Two. I thought that was fun. I liked yeah. the Ultimates issue. I liked the. Well, I liked all of these issues, but it was just like it was like them succeeding in spite of Civil War Two. Yeah, and I you shouldn't you shouldn't have that prerequisite as you as you read a comic. Yeah, it is. It is. I can imagine it's extremely difficult for writers to then to be told, oh, by the way, you have to tie into this for two issues and to interrupt what's going on in your story. I mean, I think that was really obvious in All New Wolverine. Um, so, so Because that, like, I mean, that's in the middle of such a fucking great run. Yeah, And absolutely. it's at, like, a really pivotal point, I feel, now that we've got sort of old man Logan interacting with um, Laura and Gabby and all the stuff that's going on there and then to have to force in a couple of just... A, you know, a short little Civil War two tie-in put in Ulysses. It's a bit. Um, it wasn't the best issue of this run. Let's no, say. I, I did love the art on this. Um, different from the regular. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Ig Guara. And I thought there was some cool moments between um, Laura and Old Man Logan. Yeah, really, you really. Know, like sweet. she's she's very, but also like she's in control of that situation. You know, she is Wolverine. He is an old man. Taylor, yeah, Tom Taylor is so good at juggling all these things thrown at him. It was like you know, mm-hmm. having to work with Old Man Logan instead of. Wolverine, yeah, is tough and very he, tough. He, he adds it adds to the story, in you know, because he's a, a really really skilled writer. Agreed. Tom Taylor's doing great work with this job, in spite of everything. Um, I thought the the issue that, that suffered the most was the Hellcat run, Hellcat number eight. This deals with um, Hellcat realizing that her best friend Jennifer Waters, aka the She Hulk, um, has been seemingly mortally injured mm. um, in a critical condition after the initial events of Civil War II. 
Um, and so you kind of have this like weird round table where they talk about her as a friend and what they're going to do without her. Mm. Um, I just like imagine being Kate Leff and just being told, oh, you have to do this now. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Um, she did well in spite of it. Like it's the thing, I, I, I don't want, none of these were bad issues and I, and, I, and I think it's amazing that they weren't in spite of everything that was being given to them. I think that this issue kind of exemplified a little bit for me why I don't 100% just love the Hellcat thing is that it's never very plot driven. I never feel like much happens in uh, like it's the so, comic. It's so fun and light. Yeah. <laughs> um, I The one great thing to come out of this issue was that Jubilee is going to be joining the cast of Hellcat yeah, now. Yeah, that's the coolest. Which means we get to see Brittany Williams take on Jubilee each week and that is exciting to and me. And Brittany Williams is the best. She's real good. Um, all right, over to the non-Civil War tie-in, Civil mm-hmm. War 2 tie-in uh, issues. Um, our beloved Nighthawk, three issues in, uh, written by David Walker. Did you notice something different about this issue? Different artist. Yep, but uh, a good artist. Yeah, still that. good. Still um, similar. Looks like he's trying to do that style, which I yeah. appreciate. Martin Morazzo um, on art here and uh, doing pretty capable, was uh, uh, re- it Villa Lobos mm-hmm. um, artwork? If anything, he makes it sexier. <laughs> sure. Um, this is uh, just a real real great comic book. Yeah, it just continues re- to be you excellent. You should be reading Nighthawk. That's, yeah, you uh, really should be. If you like The Punisher, if you like crime comics, if you like interesting art, I absolutely... If you like police corruption in your in your comic books. I love it. Um, it's real good. This is a great great issue, great series. Uh, read this one alongside Power Man and Iron Fist, written by the same person, but two extremely different comics mm. uh, with similar themes throughout them, just told very differently. Agreed. Really enjoying it. Um, All New and Humans, number one. Written by James Asmus, who I celebrated the work of last week uh, on his Kong of, Kong of Skull Island. Oh, yeah. oh, not so much his work. He, he wrote it, but I, I love the artist. Um, I am struggling to... This is like the, the, the DC Rebirth comic of Marvel at the moment. Mm. I, I kind of just don't care. I know. And it was annoying because I, I really did enjoy the beginning of this arc. I thought that was cool. Like, oh, this is cool. Other yeah. Inhuman story and Other Inhuman society. But it's just kind of... I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because everything else They're, that I'm reading is so far from this story, but it just, yeah, I'm not that into it. They just keep going to just a new weird place and you have to meet all these other new mm. weird people who are bad or good, or maybe they're not bad. I don't know. Yeah. I like um, uh, Craven the Hunter's daughter. Yeah, in that's this. cool. Anna Kravinoff is, uh, is is a good good addition to the team, but um, I'm looking forward to this story arc to be resolved so we can hopefully move on to something a bit more meaty. Agreed. Um, finally, a comic that I'm sure you fucking loved. Uh, Black Widow number five by Mark Wade, Chris Sumney, and who's on colors? Matthew, Matthew Wilson. Wilson. I absolutely did. This is the most spy-ish spy comic I've ever read. Agreed. And, and we're gonna, about to talk about another great one when we talk about Velvet. But mm-hmm. um, this is just, it's so fast-paced. And you finish each issue and you're like, I'm not sure exactly what I love so much about this comic. Yeah. I just know I loved it and I can't wait for the next one to come out. It is like, it is just a straight spy comic and it's so, Fast like it, it really, yeah, it really does move. Everything's happening all the time and you don't know what Natasha's thought process is. You don't even know which side she's on and so it's constantly, like exciting and <laughs> constantly. Totally. You don't, I have no idea what's going to happen in every single issue and every single issue does something completely different and Chris Samney is just doing like unbelievable work. He's this absolute star. He really book. is. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, Wade, I, I, I want to, like, in my head, it's almost like Mark Wade is like the editor of this book. Totally. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you should draw that now. Do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should definitely I do like that. I like that idea. That's yeah. good. <laughs> um, 
yeah, the, the, the storytelling. Because it's hard to tell really fast-paced action sometimes and somebody just does it so seemingly effortlessly. And it's a book with real consequences, you know? Like, you really feel everything, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a, a big part of Black Widow as a character is that she did some fucked up things mm. long, long ago and we never find out what they are. And it looks like we're about to find out what they are. Or at least one of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Stark is the first person to find out something fucked up that Black Widow did. And uh, so yeah. next month begins the arc of fucked up things that Black Widow did. I hope we get to see Tony Stark cry. <laughs> he's been crying. You, you want him to have like the big More. anime tears <laughs> yeah. like he's been having in Civil War 2? <laughs> sure. Exactly that one. Um, over in the, the uh, two Star Wars titles that came out mm-hmm. last last week. Um Star Wars, the original, the, uh, the main series, written by Jason Aaron and art by George Molina. Such a good cover. Such a good issue. Yeah, this great issue. Like, I mean, like, I know people have issues with, with stormtroopers kind of having personalities beyond, like, walking in formation and mm. dying. Um, this felt like like a, a really, like, fun 90s action comic, mm. but all the characters are stormtroopers. It's, like, it's like a bad- badass group of, of stormtroopers. Totally. And... They all like they're like the Scar unit or something like that, and there were no, there's no Luke Skywalker in this. There's no Darth Vader. There's no mm-hmm. main characters. It's just like a bunch of really cool, um, really cool stormtroopers, and you and you find out why they became stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and you know what what they're fighting for. And I, I've I've never really read anything or, or, or watched anything that that really did that. Like me neither. I was sort of like, was that an unwritten like rule of things you don't do about? Star Wars until The Force Awakens and we got Finn because I'm super into it. Give me I a love TV, it. Give me a cartoon series about just asshole yeah. stormtroopers just yeah. going about their job, <coughs> killing everyone in their way. They um, love it. This is uh, this could be my, my favorite Star Wars comic that I've read since Marvel started doing Star Wars comics. It's definitely a good one. <coughs> it just felt like a story that no one's done before and mm. and and something that they can definitely do something cool and new with. Yeah, absolutely. I bet you the new the, the next issue has just got all the main characters in it going fuck these stormtroopers. <laughs> <coughs> um, finally, we had a little a bit of an advancement in the Darth Vader series. Um, I don't know. Yeah, fine. It was fine. I I'm don't a- care anymore. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, it was cool to see a lot of uh, threads get tied from earlier in the um, earlier in the uh, in the in the series, and mm. I did like the panel of um, Darth Vader using his Force magic to um, deflect all the laser beams being shot at him. Oh yeah, that is cool. That was good fun. That was good. Um, one Marvel comic which I just wanted to mention quickly, which I did read that you didn't read, Scarlet Witch. Um, Main reason I want to bring it up is because of the art by Tula Lotte, who is going to be working on on this. Yeah, like this book is really, if you want just like every issue to be an example of some of the best people working in Western comics, definitely pick up Scarlet Witch because it's just the most amazing array of um, artists doing really interesting, really different stuff. And this was a really fun issue. Like, I mean, look at how she just. She-Hulk. I would love a Tula yeah, Lute to, to see a picture of She-Hulk where she's more red than green. Yeah. all the blood. That's so fun. cool. So cool. Yeah. Okay. Really good fun series. I really need to read this series as well yeah. as all the other ones. Maybe I'll swap all new Inhumans <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um, let's move over to Image. Um, we had a couple of Image books where we talked about Snot Girl and uh, the other one that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to talk about a couple more. Um, let's start with Velvet written by Ed Brubaker, art by Steve Epting, and lettering by... Um, is it lettering or colours? By, uh, colours by Elizabeth Brightweiser. Mm. Um, this is an ongoing spy comic that um, has been quite sporadic in its release schedule mm-hmm. in the last year or so um, about a um, 
uh, everyone thought she was an older secretary working for a British spy agency, but it turns out she was the greatest spy of all. She's the best. She's and the best uh, spy. this kind of wraps up the first arc. Um, you know, whether or not we see more Velvet stories after this is well. I think the most exciting thing is that if you read the um, the, le- the letter page, at the end yeah, from from Ed Brubaker, Brubaker says. I have so many more Velvet Templeton stories to tell. And he goes like, like for example, what was she doing in the 80s? You're like, cool, yeah. I don't want to know what she was doing in the 80s. So I really hope that um, we get to see more. Yes. I assume it'll be a while until we see any more. Definitely. And, and, it ra- and it, but it wraps up to a point where like, if we didn't get any, like, this, is, this is still a, this good, is still perfect. a good end of the story. Agreed. Um, yeah. This is, uh, now, now is your chance. You can finally read this all in one, mm-hmm. in one hit, which I think would be a lot more fun than waiting months and months for it and forgetting who all the male characters are. That's <laughs> um, true. I but, will uh, be re-reading that. Yeah, I definitely. can't wait to do that. Um, I also cannot wait for Kill or Be Killed, mm. Ed Brubaker's next book with Sean Phillips. It looks um, so good. we got an extended preview at the back of this, and it's really great. Mm. This actually whole issue is, 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 a, is a bigger than issue, bigger, bigger than regular issue too. Yeah. Highly worth your money. Absolutely. Um, the latest issue of Lazarus um, is, uh, I think now I'm going to start telling you, Siobhan, that you should uh, catch up on this book. All right. It's got <laughs> really, really good. Greg Rucker and uh, Michael Lark. Um, in this, um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, in the first issue of mm. Lazarus, um, the this, this series kind of deals with uh, uh, families um, mm-hmm. in the future controlling much of the world. And each of these families has a Lazarus, which is a uh, genetically modified human who is their protector. They're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're muscular, seemingly never like able to die protector. And uh, this, the, 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 the Lazarus um, for the main family in this book is, is Forever, Carlisle. And in it, in the first issue, she got a, a letter saying, "Don't trust the people that you know, they, they are not your family." Mm. Um, from someone that that just called herself Six, called themselves Six. Cool. And you never really find out who that is. But in this issue, we are introduced to a younger clone of Forever that they're training, and her name is Eight, oh. which means that the Forever Carlisle that we're seeing in the, in, this, in this book at the moment is seven, mm-hmm. and. Uh, She's been getting letters from from the seemingly AWOL six. Cool. Pretty interesting. Numbering people. Really, really great, great habit that I'd like to one day get into. Um, you should be reading Lazarus. It's really great. Is child just going to be two? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we, are, we are thinking of a literary name for our, oh, for yeah? our daughter. And the daughter could be born two weeks from now, everybody. Pretty Woo, exciting stuff. So exciting. Um, Black Road, number four. Mm-hmm. I thought the best issue of this series so far. Oh, yeah? Um, I'm sort of a little bit like... Eh. Brian Wood and Steve Wandis. Steve Wands. Um, this one is a Viking comic. Um, and in it, we see a little bit of backstories of uh, our two main characters. I, you, didn't, you didn't enjoy this? I, I, I did, but it just wasn't top of my pile. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's certainly... It's, it's a... I mean, the immediate comparison is, is uh, Northlanders, which mm-hmm. Brian Wood wrote for Vertigo. Lots of Vertigo references in this, in mm. this episode. Um, considering we're not reviewing one Vertigo comic this Hashtag week. Hashtag make Vertigo great again. <laughs> it's pretty good at the moment. <laughs> Hashtag admit the Vertigo is great again. Um, <laughs> Black Road, um, yeah, the immediate comparison point is, is Northlanders, but that was so massive in scope, whereas this feels yeah. quite small in scope and yeah. I think is a easier to follow comic before because of that, but it is quite slow in, in its advancement of the, of, the, of the main plot. Maybe that's why I'm not that into it. Um, finally, I read the uh, most recent issue of Rumble, 
um, by uh, John Arcudi and James Harron, uh, colors by David Stewart, aka the um, the Dark Horse comic that's for some reason over at Image. Uh, the art in this is fantastic by James Harron. Um, you should be getting this because of the fantastic um, variant by our favorite artist working in comics right now. One of them, anyway. Top three. Yeah. Tradmore. Amazing. Please announce a comic that he's going to be doing um, really, really soon because yeah, uh, he's the best. Uh, but uh, this issue gave a lot of incredible action, action-packed action backstory into the main demon of this series and uh, almost could be read as a standalone because it was uh, it's a lot of fun. If you want if you were, want a little taste of this series to see if you want to keep reading it, this is a good one. Mm. I also um, I picked up She-Wolf issue 2 by Richard Tomasso. I still haven't read number one of this. Oh, man. I am so enjoying this series. Um, so in this issue, our She-Wolf heroine is introduced to a um, vampire who's going to going to help her out and there's some cool weird <laughs> mystical dreams and then there's a really cool fight when they both transform in the middle of the shopping mall yeah, this looks like a fan of graphics book it's so good man and i i had a weird cut like someone was like oh i was really interested in that book until i saw the art and then i was like oh no i, I the art is like the main draw for this book for me i Definitely. think it's so yeah. cool Fuck so writing. cool and words weird. are stupid words are dumb i hate them <laughs> anyway it's really amazing cool. i highly recommend it did you read the new island as well i did i did um that had a um, the, first, the first story is actually um, a new issue of Zootopia, which is like a classic Australian comic. Right. Um, Has nothing to do with a Disney movie? Uh, oh, is that what it's called? I may be... Zooniverse. Zooniverse. Sorry. There you go. Um, you found it quite hard to read. Yeah, I was a little bit confused by that. Very dialogue heavy. Yeah, but um, the other stories in Ireland were really excellent. I love Ireland. It's probably the best anthology comic out. Better than the sex issue that Grant Morrison did of... Uh thing on last week oh i don't know this is a pretty sexy issue i mean if anyone knows anything about brandon graham you know he's a weird sexy guy <laughs> um but there's a really cool weird story in the back about um a scary um garbage disposal shoot right it's really good amazing i loved it i'm, I'm scared of the bigger format of this book and that, that makes me weird not yeah the it's slightly larger than a regular issue which is it is odd it's a magazine format Mm. Um, over to Boom We've got a few more comics to get through We'll fly through them guys mm. uh, Let's talk about my things, uh, the, 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 the comic I liked the most actually IDW Tales from the Dark Side Really good fun The second issue by uh, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez uh, This told another you know, Twilight Zone-esque kind of story About a, uh, uh, a guy who Similar to that image comic we talked about At the beginning of the episode He, he sees, sees demons mm. And um him going on a getting going for an operation in which they're going to remove the demons from his brain, um, possibly for that company's benefit more mm. so than the guy that has the demons. Um, this basically just sets up the story, and then it looks like part two, which we get next month, is going to end it. Um, but I mean, the art's fantastic, and the mm-hmm. story is 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 nice and creepy. Yeah, ultimate Twilight Zone style stuff, if that's what you like. And this is going to make for an incredible trade when it all gets put together, yeah, even absolutely. though it's not an ongoing see like you know ongoing story. Uh, it's real fun. But it is also cool. Like, I love that you could pick up that issue on its own. Definitely. Um, the Joiners, number two or mm-hmm. four, over at Arkea. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying this series? Um, yeah, I am. I sort of, I don't know. It makes me feel weird. Yeah, I wish that the, I I wish the panels were sized to fit the page. I don't understand. I wonder if this was written as, as a digital comic. Before. Yeah, or like a webcomic or something. Yeah, um, created by RJ Ryan and David Marquez. Um, this is uh, a, a book about science and creation family. And, and family and, and uh, I don't know, adultery. 
Yeah. Oh, off the back it says family, narcissism, and science. That's pretty much it, right? Um, yeah, and uh, I don't mean like yeah, like again, it's like you know that that, that similar thing with Snot Girl. Like the, the main character is kind of unlikable, but also like weirdly compelling and mm. relatable. Yeah, um, yeah, he makes me feel icky, but I still want to read. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is a <laughs> just a very unique book coming out right now. It's only four part, mm. um, and definitely something that is, is worthy of your time. I yeah, think. I'm going to read the four issues. Yeah, definitely. Um, Archer and Armstrong. One book I did not read this week was Faith Number One. I missed a copy. Valiant. Um, Completely. I picked it up, so I might, might talk about it next week. But Faith cool. popped up in the Adventures of Archer and Armstrong this week, which is a one shot with a um, art by Mark Norton, written by Raphael Roberts, um, and it was the first. Valiant book that I've read since we started this podcast that made me realize that oh there's heaps going on in the Valiant universe that I mm. don't have no idea about because this ties into heaps of stuff that happened in the Harbinger series. Mm-hmm. It was still really really fun and goofy. Um, you've complained about Faith being a bit too pop culture referency and yeah. fangirly. I totally got that from this. She yeah, cool. she she dates Archer of Archer and Armstrong, mm-hmm. and this is about them having a date in LA, mm. but they're con- constantly talking about. You know, Faith gives Archer a bunch of movies to read, yeah. to watch, sorry, movies to watch. And they're talking about Back to the Future. And it's so fine. it's just like a bit on the nose. You yeah. Know? yeah. I, I, it's like I, I hate it when you watch a movie and they start talking about bands they like and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I got Unless that is like the this. focus of the movie or something. Yeah, but for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just, if, yeah. Get these dang movies out of my superhero books. <laughs> uh, over at Boom, we had Lucas Stand, issue two of six. Yeah, let's just drop it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even finish it, I don't think. I got a bit way through and I was like, what is this even about? For Christ's sake, it's so confusing. There are like, I mean, when you get a stack of 30 to 40 comics, you, I, I do, do you order them in, or, or you just kind of take them as like, pick up yeah. that book as, as, you, as, you, as it comes to you? It depends because a lot of the time I like to leave the ones that I'm most excited about until the end because otherwise I'll just let all of the others. See, of I'm, I'm the opposite. This, this was at the very bottom of my pile yeah. alongside a few comics that I did not get around to reading this week. Not because I don't like them, just because I, I, I knew I would have to reference other mm. issues that came before them. I think I completely forgot to pick up Joyride number three. So Joyride number four was uh, not read by me this week. Nice. Um uh, but uh, yeah, Lucas Stand was pretty low at the bottom of my list and um, just a bit of a slog to get through. Yeah. There are some slightly interesting things happening in here. Um, it's about a, a guy who gets sent back in time to help, but the guy who sends him back in time is a demon and he has to deal with that. Hmm. But uh, it's, it's very confusing. Like even that is, just, I feel like you have to read really close to even understand that. It's just also gritty for the sake of being gritty. Yeah, and totally. that, that can, that's, that's the easiest way to get me bored. And then there's Nazis and then there's whatever. Dumb. Um, Finally, a book that I really did like was Weird, Weird Detective Number no. Two, um, written by uh, uh, Fred Van Lente over at Dark Horse, um, art by Gia Q Villanova. Perfect, nailed it. Um, we really enjoyed the first issue. This is, took us by surprise, and the second issue just continues to give us more of what that first issue had going going for it, but adding a whole bunch more crazy alien bullshit. I love it. I love um, all of because they uh, they keep um, adding to the various senses that he has because humans only have five senses or whatever and he has a million i really like i like this the one in this where he licks someone's brain yeah. and it's like tasting the brain sense or whatever and so, so he, funny. he then knows what that person has done that day okay. yeah an amazing like such like really really great art really really funny i yeah. liked it a lot and there's, a, there's a pin up at the back which is uh drawn by Raphael roberts who writes archer and armstrong so i didn't know that guy also did art mm. cool stuff 
Nice. Oh, boy. Holy moly. What a week. (laughs) I actually even read more than that. Two things which I wanted to mention really quickly. Mm -hmm. Number one is the final volume of um, Naoki Urasawa's Monster. Mm -hmm. This is something that's reprinted. Um, Viz are doing really nice oversized um, editions of his work. This wraps up... um, This was the final volume of his incredibly long-running, incredibly compelling and constantly terrifying um, sort of psychological thriller about a doctor who saves the life of a young boy who then turns out to be a serial killer and is a monster and is the monster of the book. And it's amazing. And it goes on for so long and it's so brilliant. Nine volumes. volumes. So um, you can now pick that up with the full knowledge that you can then read that whole thing. And I love it. Um, and I also read one thing which I wanted to mention just because we had um, a customer, uh, not a customer, a um, fan or a listener, sorry, <laughs> listener, Callum, write in and ask for those stories, um, comics that make us laugh out loud. I've um, just started reading Graham Morrison's Doom Patrol, oh, cool. which is why I'm of- in such a Graham Morrison mindset. Right. Um, it's, it's, he's, he's a pretty easy person to take over your entire brain for he long He really is. And he really has. And Doom Patrol, I've, I hadn't read it before and holy moly, it really does make me laugh out loud. Like, it's such an amazing book, and I really can't say it enough. So, because w- which, are you reading in trade? Yeah, yeah. Um, Vertigo have done these really nice, big, um, oversized trades, which are like sort of two trades stuck into one, I oh, think. Cool. Um, and so it's a nice way to get that. And the second volume of that just came out last week. Um, just some of the most inventive, bizarre superhero comics. It really makes me feel, um, reminds me of Jack Kirby's Fourth World, just for sheer inventiveness. Um, and there are just moments where, like, I mean, in the first story arc, Robot Man and Crazy Jane are fighting against someone who Grant Morrison in the space of two panels implies is an alien, also God, <laughs> and Jack the Ripper. And I just like, that just they're made your, me giggle. That just made me, it world. just made me giggle. I was like, <laughs> you're so silly, Grant Morrison. That's such a funny idea. Why'd you come up with that? So um, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I've got the entire run on my iPad that I've only read like maybe the first eight issues or something. you got to read it. Yeah. It's amazing. I tried uh, reading... The filth that he put out through Vertigo, a few, um, maybe ten years ago. Oh yeah, I, and, yeah, I only got a couple issues in, but I should finish it. He's written a shit ton of comics. He's just written so many comics. A cosmic shit ton. <laughs> um, it's it's very hard catching up on old runs that I know I should read when we have to read. Uh, I know, right? We have to. We're at Gump King's <laughs> Comics. Uh, Jim, Jim in particular, holds yeah. a gun to our head and says, "You have to w- read forty comics this week, or you're dead." Yeah, yeah. He will kill us. He yeah. will kill us. Uh, He's so, a bad yeah, man. Do it for Jim. Uh, there's lots of comics coming out this week. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so we've already got them in our hot little hands. I'm so excited. Uh, from DC, you've got the uh, Rebirth issues of, um, what have you got? Uh, what's it called? The Red Hood and the Outlaws, mm-hmm. uh, plus the number one issues from uh, Hal Jordan and the Red Lantern Corps, Green Lantern Corps. God, <laughs> fucking red, Green Lantern's on my mind. Uh, and uh, Nightwing, etc. Batgirl, also the first issue of Hope Larson's Batgirl, which I'm super oh, shit. excited okay, about. That, that's an actual one you should pick up. Yeah. Forget the other And stuff. Nightwing. No, you should pick up Nightwing okay, too. Yeah, and the third issue too. of Wonder Woman. Hell yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, we, we go back. I, I, although I just want the Nicholas Scott one. I know, but no, nah, you forget too. how much you like Liam Sharp. That's true. All right. Um, over at Marvel, <clears throat> if you have to, like we do, you should get Civil War number two, <laughs> number four. No one's know. forcing you. Uh, word is, uh, it, it's not great. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Uh and um, I also highly recommend uh, a new comic coming out through Aftershock called Captain Kid, written by Mark Wade, whose name we've already said 10 times this episode. Um, we also get Jupiter's Legacy, number two, mm-hmm. issue two. And uh, just because you should pick it up, um, 
Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens. Hell yeah. Um, over at IDW and Dark Horse, the club. Also, the that. first um, the first trade of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is out this oh, week. So you've heard our massive recommendations for that. It's a good time to pick it up. There's also some exciting manga out this week, um, which I know everyone else cares Unlike about a lot. Unlike all boring manga that came out before now. Um, there's one called... I don't even know how to say it, Lizzelotti and the Witch's Forest, which um, the only reason I'm very excited about is because it's by the um, creator of Fruits Basket. Cool. There um, you go. Rom, Space Knight, gets his own number one. Finally. If you, if you enjoyed that uh, free comic book day issue that came out earlier in the year. I think I maybe did. Maybe not. I don't remember. I can't remember. And uh, finally, uh, best cover of the week definitely goes to The Unbeatable oh Squirrel Girl. Oh my God, Girl, I hadn't even seen that. Uh, which features Mole Man in a fedora, tipping his hat and saying, "Milady." The internet has taken over comics. Um, I'm all for it though. That's great. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's Mole Man, the new suitor of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. <laughs> it's such a good comic. It's so Ryan good. Ryan North is doing great stuff. It's and Eric Anderson too. Um, that's him. Serious Issues for this week. My name is Levens. Her name is Siobhan. Hey. And... Uh, Make sure you blow your nose, get all that snot off your nose this week. <laughs> um, you can find us online, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Or send us an email because we'd love hearing from you. Uh, serious Issues at kingscomics.com. Uh, if you want to check out some other podcasts I run, I do one called Hey Fam, which you can find on iTunes, and uh, another one about food called The Mitchin. Um, and uh, Siobhan can be found uh, every month at the uh, Queens of Kings events. You yeah, just had one over guys, the we just had one on Sunday and it was so much fun. Thank you to anyone listening who came along. I just have I just have the most fun just talking to a bunch of geeky ladies about nonsense what, for um, two hours. Did you announce what the next book is for next month? Yep, Bitch Planet. I know I announced that last time, but I was wrong and it was Ms. Marvel and this time it is going to be Bitch Planet. Excellent. <laughs> um, and finally, we are going to be releasing a bonus episode in the next week um, all about the King's Comics zine fair. Woo! Um, tell me about that zine fair, Siobhan. It's happening August 6th. We will have a bunch of really cool local creators in store from 11 till 3 p.m. But even maybe even more excitingly, is we're going to have a sale. There's going to be a King's very rare sale on um, all indie comics, which just means anything that isn't Marvel, DC, Image, or Dark Horse. So there's going to be a bunch of manga on sale. All the Valiant stuff is going to be on sale. Boring manga or exciting manga? Only exciting manga. Only the exciting manga is going to be on sale. Um, and yeah, it should, be, it should be good fun. So I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Um, and we're going to be talking to a few creators of those zines and uh, people that enjoy them uh, on our bonus episode, which, which should be out sometime next week. Nice. So uh, yeah, until next time, we'll see you for another episode of Serious Issues. Thanks, guys. Stay serious. Should we, should we end <laughs> episodes with that? That's good. Yes, that's okay, good. Great. Perfect. Bye. Nailed it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.